and welcome to a new episode of Plant Services Tool Belt Podcast. I'm Chief Editor Tom Wilk, and today we're talking with Colin Elkins, who's the Vice President of Manufacturing Industries for IFS. You know, cloud computing has been changing the way many organizations operate for the past couple of years, and the more forward-looking maintenance reliability teams are starting to explore how the cloud can help them improve their asset management practices. Uh, Colin joins me for a conversation on those topics, as well as how AI and machine learning are starting to help fill some pressing needs in maintenance reliability today. Well, the first question was one that you alluded to when we were talking earlier, which is um, what innovations in IFS cloud um, help differentiate it from previous IFS software releases? Yeah, I think, I mean, this this release is is very much an extension of Applications 10. Okay. Uh, let's be clear about this. We, we've, we've taken our Applications 10 product and we've turned it into a full dis- a product designed for the cloud. Mm-hmm. So we've not got a lost functionality. You know, the 30 years worth of functionality we've put into the product is still there and we will extend it. So in some respects, you could call it a technical upgrade. Um, but it is a little bit more than a technical upgrade. It's, it's the platform for a, a future strategy. So, so the first thing that's majorly significant is the interface is Aurina only, which means we are dropping our web client basically to a full Aurina client, Aurina being our native client, which will run in effectively any operating system on any platform. So tablet, mobile phone, as well as uh, the traditional back office PC applications. So that's the first one is the fact that we are going directly to to their cloud environment. Second thing, designed for cloud. So the whole product has been containerized. So we're using Kubernetes as a containerization capability so we can deploy it a lot faster, uh, a much more evergreen approach, you know, gone are the days of, you know, a product release happening every you know, 18 months to two years uh, with interim patches. This is now probably a moving feast and, and, and maybe almost the last major product release we will ever have because from now on in, it will be an iterative change. But I use the word platform because not only have we done it from a product standpoint and functionality standpoint, We've also inserted a services layer within the product architecture. Uh, And in that layer, we are deploying AI, machine learning, cognitive services, and we're delivering them as package components. So rather than maybe take some of our competitors who treat all of this as a a services-led, consultancy-led project, we're aiming to deploy package solutions in those automation areas that our customers can take, but also can tailor. So for example, within cloud, we're launching the ability to take, use machine learning within our forecasting algorithms. Hmm. So we can take external data. I mean, you alluded to food companies, food company, good example, taking weather patterns in, uh, social media feeds in to be able to refine and make those forecasts more accurate. Okay. So that's, that's an example of where there will be a core capability, core service within the application that will deal with that within forecast planning, but also allow our customers to tailor. And, then, and the focus there is on explainable AI. You know, we're, we're not going there to, 
deliver something that you need data scientists within your organization. It's explainable AI, the point that you can take the services and utilize them throughout the whole application. Okay. Although we will obviously deliver core capabilities within to those, in, into those areas. Um, the other thing I suppose it's really doing is it's, it's setting us a platform to build more of our other products into a single core product. Uh, and what I mean by that is we we have an approach towards the circular economy. We have a, a, a process going now where we're taking the best of our ERP, which we have, the best EAM, which we have, but also taking some of our Gartner tier one for, uh, service capabilities and bringing that into the core application. Okay. That doesn't mean to say we're initially dropping field service. It just means that over a period of time, we will migrate a lot of those capabilities into the, the core product. Um, because we believe that if you truly want to address the circular economy, which you know, Gartner predicted by 2029 will be the only economy, the, the linear economy will go, mm -hmm. um, you really have to have everything almost in one place. Purely to be able to track materials in the field and be able to bring them back via reverse logistics, repair, remanufacture, put them back into the field. And, and to do that, we kind of believe we need a, a single solution. Okay. And that makes sense. Uh, the, you, you alluded to the follow-up question, which is, do some of those same features also differentiate IFS Cloud from other others in the general EA, EAM software market? Yeah, yeah. And again, I think it's back to, you know, there are a lot of what I would call edge applications or core applications that sit on the side of an ERP business solution. You know, we, we are, you know, we compete against products like Maximo, uh, you know, what I would call the traditional maintenance type products. Mm -hmm. um, but we see, you know, maintenance is becoming more into the core application. It, it's not something that you just go and repair or schedule the repair of, of, a, of an asset. Mm -hmm. It's more understanding that asset in the context of manufacturing i.e. making sure that you know, you're scheduling around those tasks, that your costings are around those tasks. All your processes, you know, it's a single purchasing solution, whether you're purchasing maintenance spares or whether you're purchasing uh, for an ERP or mm -hmm. whether you're scheduling labor resources from an HR skills point of view. You know, you're not having to pass that data between two applications. And the other thing from my point of view is it, it stops what I would call the edge edge core application okay. so if you take take a lot of a lot of erp vendors out there have a core application then you bolt a maintenance product onto the outside of it but we kind of all know that nowadays there are lots of edge applications that sit around that maintenance product as an example so you end up with an edge application talking to effectively a maintenance product which is on the edge of a core which is your erp and that becomes extremely complex and you you dilute the data to be honest with you, as you are integrating these products together, which which you can do, um, and that's a strategy we have as well using edge applications. But you you kind of lose a little bit of the the data continuity. Um, so again, the strategy of building the core out with single edge applications rather than having multiple layer on layer on layer. Okay. So I mean, I think I think that's sort of that single solution is 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 the mantra, um, and that, I mean that's forcing us into other areas like using our own IoT capability, which we've extended in cloud. Mm -hmm. So we partnered with Crosser, 
where they will supply the technology to connect to the PLC of the machine. That data is then pumped up into, well, it's pumped up into our IoT central controller within the application in the cloud. Mm-hmm. And we can do one or two things with it from there. We can either take the data and stream that back into the application core as a series of tasks to update a quality spec, update a pallet count, et cetera. Or we're pumping that also into our own data lake mm-hmm. where we're using machine learning on the edge of that data lake to analyze that data and then come up with the, the functions and signals we want to push back into the, uh, the IFS cloud product. I suppose, you know, if you put that all into a nutshell, it's, it's all about having, you know, rather than having multiple products with a single interface, which is a competitive strategy of some of our other competitors, our strategy is not to do that. Our strategy is to have a bigger core application okay. uh, and, and the single user interface. Okay. Well, let me ask about um, manufacturers or other customers who might have been working with beta versions of IFS Cloud. Can you talk about anyone, again, without naming names, perhaps? I think you've had the press release from Simcore. Um, Simcore are a pioneer. With all releases of IFS, whether it's been Applications 10 in the past, we had a beta program. Um, We've done the same with uh, the cloud product. Mm -hmm. Uh, The main manufacturer there is actually Simcore. Um, you, you can read the content in their blog. Okay. Uh, and so far, the, the biggest thing that they're saying, apart from some of the things they say in the blog in terms of data, is the change in user interface is quite dramatic to them. You know, going okay. from very much a forms-based solution like most ERP solutions are to something that is a little bit more wizard-based it's a little bit more like going to a, a website where you'd expect to, to be taken through a process rather than know the process when you begin it. Okay. Uh, so the Arena interface is, is really trying to get far more to the sort of technology that people are used to in their daily lives, moving away from, you know, here's a form, you need to know exactly how to fill it in. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of guiding you and it's bringing a lot more usability to that user interface okay uh, and that's okay. one of the things they've said the other the other thing they've obviously said is you know having everything in one place data in one place access to information a lot faster but a lot of that really is 10 as well because as i say functionally core wise it's almost the same product it's not um, there are enhancements that have gone into the cloud product that are not in 10. Mm-hmm. okay what are the features in IFS Cloud? Um, maybe building on the previous answer about the the the, the wizard-based interface. What what features in IFS Cloud should maintenance and reliability know about, or or should they be able to take advantage of in this release? Yeah, we we've been doing maintenance and asset management for you know thirty odd years. So from mm-hmm. a, a core functionality, it's a it's a it's a Rolls Royce of the product. I mean, it, it's a very capable product. I, I think I stress the word asset management. It's not just a maintenance product. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's more to it than just pure maintenance. You know, we are talking about managing assets. And, and as you know, if you've spoken to Colin Beanie in the past, you know, when we, we talk about an asset being an oil rig, yeah. um, which yeah. is far more sophisticated than it just being a you know CNC machine or a, a production line with within a factory. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know the the key takeaway about is the the MES layer, you mm-hmm. know, by putting an IoT strategy in place with a data lake, we are in some respects eliminating that need to put an MES layer in. I'm not talking 
ISA 95 here, I'm, I'm talking just that sort of data connection to a service within on a, on a, on a device to be able to pull data out of it. Okay. Um, we, we cover most of ISA 95 within the ERP product anyway. I think that those would be my, my big, the sort of big takeaways, apart from the fact that we are currently in the middle of a project with a huge paint manufacturer. They're in 45 countries, four and a half thousand users. And we're looking at using, well, we are actually using machine learning for more of a predictive maintenance. So rather than relying on strategies that you take, you know, you, you take a, you say, I'm going to maintain this on a predictive basis every three months or every six months, or I'm going to do it on a cyclic count of every so many stampings or so many hours production. We're looking at this far more than taking more data from the, the device via IoT and using predictive analytics, using machine learning to actually come up with something that is far more robust in some respects. I'm not necessarily more robust, but less rigid, mm -hmm. uh, which means that, you know, you might extend the maintenance cycle by a period of two months. Mm -hmm. you know, why, why replace the head bearing if the head bearing isn't, isn't vibrating? You know, why right. replace a roller bearing in a conveyor if there's no heat being generated and there's no noise being generated because it, it's still sound. So having those routine maintenance tasks cost a lot of money, downtime mm -hmm. and, and parts, you know, if you can actually start doing more predictions. And the reason why we chose this paint company is an interesting story. It's a bit side, it's a bit of a side story, but they themselves paint ships, big ships. I mean, we're talking giant ships. Okay. Uh, and one of the things they've been doing is working with their customers to work out the relative speed of the boat through the water compared with engine power. So hmm. basically, as, as the anti-fouling wears off the ship, i.e. the paint, the ship will go slower for the same amount of power. So they've been able to create a software program that their customers use that actually work this lot out. So they then can tell the, the ship owner, you need to bring ship seven into dry dock in you know, two months time because you know, the performance of the engine against slip through the water is actually now costing you money. It'd be better to repaint it. Uh, and that's a huge win for us. So we're doing the same for them as they've done for their customers, which makes it a kind of really interesting story. <clears throat> no, that is fascinating. It, the IoT is bringing connections together for people that hadn't uh, been available before. Uh, share a quick story back with you. There was a, a mining company that applied IoT sensors to their fleet to make sure that uh, uh, vibration again, to vibration monitoring to make sure that the, that the vehicles were operational. What they ended up doing was repairing the roads out of the mine better because once they knew the vehicles were in top condition, every vibration was a new pothole. It wasn't the, it wasn't the, the fleet. So they actually improved their road care and improved productivity, not so much from the fleet, but from, but from the uh, from repair of the road. And it, it's, it's one of my favorite IoT examples where the, the real yeah, need yeah, was yeah. road repair. It wasn't the fleet. Fleet was good, but road actually improved productivity. This, this whole area of IoT is just opening up so many new new entrants. I, I read one the other day, which I, I, I kind of found fascinating. You know, one of the issues manufacturing companies have always had is you know, connecting a sensor to a machine. Yeah. How do you how do you know that it's just made a pallet? How do you know that it's just done another stamping? Because it's all electronics. As a company, and I think it's in France, have come up with a sensor which you literally just bolt to the machine that measures the vibrations. Mm -hmm. So it knows when the head goes up and comes down again, 
that that must have actually done a stamping, but not by anything other than the fact there's a vibration change and they can then map the vibration changes to functions and use that as an IoT, uh, an MES capability. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see this whole thing boom, you know, as people build more and more sensors in their devices or into their products they sell. I think we're going to see a whole plethora of data. And, And again, cloud is probably the single best way of deploying that data. Right. Right. On a micro level, we, I, know, I know a company that is de- uh, manufacturing sensors with lubrication guns attached uh, and you bolt them onto your bearing and they're, they're ultrasound sensors. So when they detect ultrasound frequencies out of whack, uh, a little squirt of grease goes in to, to, yeah. to remedy the remedy the problem. Um, so Brilliant. we've gone from just monitoring to actually applying the maintenance. <laughs> yeah. And again, these are all these are all very small solutions, but yeah. they all add up to huge amounts of time. You know, you take a production line down um, in a food company. Well, you know what the, the nightmare that causes. You know, you're talking about a business 365, 24 hours, well, 364, 24 mm-hmm. hours a day. Um, yeah. It's seven days a week. I mean, you know, taking a machine down to four or five hours is, is huge, yeah. um, which is why it takes a lot of planning. So extending life cycles of machines and rather than actually have what I would call sort of routine maintenance, because we've always done it, mm-hmm. um, we're now being able to refine those maintenance tasks using real data to say, well, you don't need to yet yeah. because it's not going to fail. All right. You, you mentioned forecasting earlier that IFS Cloud was designed to help improve forecasting, again, by bringing the data, these data sets together. Um, for a specific MRL question, are you seeing customers use this product or have you imagined use customers using this project to improve their shutdown and turnaround operations? Okay. You know, the traditional do it once, twice a year might be giving way towards do it as needed <clears throat> based on the forecasting yeah. data. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's the reason for it. I say, you know, going back to the example with the ship painter, that's what they've done. You know, you, okay. you don't paint the ship until you need to. You know, our machine learning that we're doing, we're working with them is you don't take the plant down until the machine learning program tells you you need to take the plant. Okay. And I think it is extending, it will ultimately extend the life of assets, which will increase OEE and and all the benefits you get out of having plant up and Mm -hmm. not suddenly having to schedule a maintenance crew when it's not needed. Okay. No, thank you for making the connection explicit. I appreciate that. Yeah, sorry. Um, the last question then was looking forward, can you talk about what might be next in the product roadmap? And I love the fact that you let off the conversation by saying IFS Cloud is more of a platform for a future strategy. So yeah. um, thoughts on what that strategy might include? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the strategy of bringing it all together is one. Um, mm-hmm. I think really having a, a focus to address the circular economy. If something is very dear to my heart, I, I can tend to blog about it quite a lot and, and I think, you know, if you look at, if you wait, wait for our launch video, make sure you watch the manufacturing launch video. Um, I'm plugging it there. Um, it's, yeah, it's all about circular economy. It's all about the fact that service, maintenance, asset management, manufacturing are all really starting to come together now. You know, um, and manufacturers out there are redesigning their products. You know, they're, they're looking a little bit more about the energy being used when they manufacture a product. So a machine no longer is just something that makes something. Mm-hmm. You know, a machine starts to become something that adds to the cost of manufacture. And it's not as simple as an overhead that's applied generally within the financial ledgers anymore. You know, it's something where you can take a real 
look at what you're doing. We have a company in Sri Lanka who make tires. Um, now, Sri Lanka is a is a country that is bereft of water in some respects. You know, water is a, a real commodity. Um, so they've started to relook at what they do by actually designing processes that use less water in their manufacturing cycles. And you only do that by looking at the assets you've got and how you manage them. But more importantly, how much they're costing you and how much they're costing you when you manufacture products. And I, I think, you know, our, a lot of the things we're putting into the product play much to that by bringing the data all into one source. So you can track materials and keep them in the economy for as long as possible. There are some big functional changes coming. Um, one is in the area of planning, uh, specifically for the food and beverage industry, okay. where we're really looking to address what I would classify as the day one for one scenario, daily planning, getting away from the planning in days to much more planning in hours and planning production cycles to meet lorry dispatch times, mm. you know, really bringing that granularity down, mm-hmm. which is something that I don't think many ERP vendors do. Um, we tend to operate a little bit above that layer and let MES systems and various paperwork systems to basically handle the rest. Um, mm-hmm. And we're really looking to put some, some functionality in there. We're really concentrating on this services, la- services layer though. Um, okay. We actually see by putting, you know, we have two projects going that are really key to us. One is the machine learning product project, mm-hmm. which is a project called Cheering, but we have another one called Minerva. And, and Minerva's about taking data that is not in a readable form, an easily understandable form, mm-hmm. into an understandable form using cognitive services. So actually being able to take data that would be in a manual or a set of notes or a video or a soundbite, right. taking that in and turning that into data mm-hmm. so that we can use that data to orchestrate machine learning. So there's a whole area going in the area of cognitive services, chatbots, machine learning, you know, that whole thing. Plus the fact we also, uh, this release, we're really we're launching our own business process management, our own workflow, integrate, fully integrated workflow engine within the product. Okay. Sorry, extending our existing capabilities. Um, okay. Um, and it's really, I think, you know, the big soundbite coming from R&D really is, you know, this whole lock down the core, extend on the outside. Okay. So where we don't have the capability, let's look at, you know, edge applications. Let's look at taking the best application over here and sitting it with your core. But our focus is still on making that core as big and broad as we can. All right. So our customers can take a, take can get maximum use out of an edge application rather than having it as a, an edge on an edge on a core. 